Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. My main man, El Cuco, working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast is coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app. The links will all be in the description box. We're on DLive. And at some point, we will return to YouTube, but only as a... How do you want to put it, CJ? As an announcing type space where we just go there and announce what we're going to talk about? And then well, I think, you know, limited content, right? Limited. Very limited. It's not even worth it. Maybe maybe Mm -hmm. just an overview of of the show, of what we're going to be talking about, like, you know, different topics, but just just a high level overview and saying, hey, jump over to the uh, the stream in Twitch or DLive or or watch the replay on Rogue or um, what's the other services that we are at? Uh, uh, Rumble and Rumble, Rumble. That's it. That's it. Rumble. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're on so many platforms. I lose count at this point, man. We're everywhere <laughs> you want us to be. Literally everywhere you want. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're also on iTunes Podcasts. You know, we're everywhere. Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere, man. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's well, we just. Oh, hey, Hobo. What's up, buddy? How are you? Awesome. See, there's lots going on. A lot is happening. Uh, the uh, it, it seems like uh, the Canadian anaconda that is known as the truckers are squeezing the life out of the globalist drama teacher, part-time ski instructor, turned prime minister, Justin Trudeau. His political life seems to be squeezed to an end, CJ. Can you believe that, you know, the backlash from GoFundMe, they're reversing course? Can you believe that um, this is really playing out in a massive way in Canada? And the Germans, the Germans are following in suit along with the Canadian, not the Canadians, the Australians. They're going to be circling Canberra. And now... The murmurs are beginning that we need to do the same to Brandon in D.C. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, man. I don't know where you want to begin, Sage. So many things. No, it, no that's, a, that's a great place to start because that's something that we had hoped for the last couple of years, be that people would come to the quick realization that at the beginning, right, when people were being compliant, right, people were initially like, hey, you know what, like even Cernovich, so many people were just saying, you know what, just wear the damn mask, just wear the damn mask. They they failed to realize, B, that it, it had nothing to do with wearing the mask. It had everything to do with mandates and basically government giving us the direction and taking over. And and like numerous other things, when you when you give and when you allow that flexibility of government to dictate, you know, your life and what happens and they take away our individual liberties and, and freedom they continue down that path. They can, they continue. And that's exactly what happened. So, so I get it. Fear is a very strong, not only motivator, fear is also a very strong influencer. So a lot of those people really struggled mentally with, with, with fear. And that fear was the fear of, of death for, for themselves, for their family members. 
So we were dealing with something that was definitely, definitely unique and different than, than 9-11 that brought us, I don't know to rehash it, but it brought us the Patriot Act, the NSA, the, and not the NSA, but the TSA. So it brought us a lot of different draconian type things were, were happening. And, and, you know, right away here on Rogue, we realized that, hey, they're going to attempt to do, to, to do the same thing. So, so I'm thankful that two years later that, that thousands, if not millions, are awakening to what that tyranny looks like and, and has arrived at. But I'm thankful that human, humanity has woken up to say, you know what, we're going to resist. We're not going to accept this V. Yeah. It, it, it's it's enough, and and people are starting to realize that these um, I, this is like a leftover of a bygone generation where people thought that governments were something that's responsible and it's for the people by the people. All this other bullshit that they try to uh, lie to you about that's all coming apart. People are starting to understand that the, the government is actually filled with very low talented people, people that are not smart. And just because you do well on a school test in, in an academic world does not mean you have any sort of real intellect. All it means is that you're good at memorization, basically it. And when you look at the majority of the way American educational systems are taught, it, 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 it caters to those who can memorize the best. And this is exactly why you have idiots like Pelosi out there and, and, and Maxine Waters and Chuck E. Cheese Schumer and all these people that are in American politics that are absolutely... Uh, eviscerating the American economy, destroying the American Constitution. And you see this playbook the world over. You see the idiots in the West, uh, in places like UK, in places like Germany. These are morons, absolute morons. And this is what the West has, and the West needs to wake up. Otherwise, we're going to wake up in a world where our birthright, where our place in this world is not going to be a good place. It's going to be basically given away for nothing. And this is why we in the West need to get real smart real quick on how our governments work and to create systems to prevent the type of corruption and cronyism that has led to our downfall, Siege. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure that probably the supply chains in, is it is it uh, Ottawa, Canada? Is that where yeah. the... So yeah. I, I guarantee you that the, the supply uh, chain has definitely been broken in Canada. That's in probably impacting a lot of things with having that many truckers, you know, not shipping goods, not doing things. So there's going to be repercussions of it. So so those people need to to plan and organize. But it's but it's worth the cause. It's it's no no different than somebody determining and having a hunger strike, right? For some type of a of a political reason, and 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 they are they're asking. For a simple thing, B, and, and Justin Trudeau is not caving. Even though when you look around the globe, you see many people, many countries have, have removed a lot of their mandates or saying, hey, you know what, COVID's here to stay. It's going to be eventually, you know, we're going to have to do some things preventive to take care of, but we're going to allow you decide what you need to do individually, but he's not caving. So that whole supply side is, is definitely going to be, be harmed there in, in, in Canada. Uh, but what's interesting in terms of what's happening now is that they're doubling down. They're doubling and tripling down where they're saying now, like, hey, we're going to cut the fuel so that they can't refuel their their trucks. And anyone that's caught bringing fuel oh, yeah. in to help them keep their, their vehicles running, you're going to get arrested. So they're they're doubling and tripling down. And that's just even even making people even more irritated and joining the cause. 
the whole GoFundMe thing was was very significant where GoFundMe said, well, listen, we're going to take the funds that you raise in excess of a million dollars. And, you know, we're, we're only going to give refunds for people who ask. And then the funds that are remaining, we're going to allow the organization to decide where those funds go. And thank goodness we have leaders, true leaders who who have have not only the intellect, but also have the operation side to to evaluate things and make decisions right. where we had Governor DeSantis who said, you know what, we're going to investigate GoFundMe. We're going to we're going to we're going to look at their terms of conditions, their terms of of raising funds. You know, let's face it, they're they're taking the, the funds. I don't know if GoFundMe is a nonprofit organization, but B, they're taking that millions of dollars that's sitting in their account and they're probably either investing, they're buying crypto, maybe they're you know, I'm not going to say interest or drawing interest off of it because that's embarrassing, right? That'd be a stupid statement. Say, oh, yeah, they're making interest off that millions of dollars. But they're using it for other things, even pay for their summer operations where GoFundMe was forced to remove their their decision to do that. And they said, you know what? We're going to go ahead and give automatic refunds. So they're not they're not supporting it, but they're giving automatic refunds. And and, um, you know, that's why it's important for people and what you said V earlier for for disruptive platforms to be developed to support our freedom and liberty uh, movement and break the chains away from, you know, the Amazons, the, the, the Google, these, these uh, tech oligarchs who for the most part are really dictating us policy where we've w- witnessed the last several years, that merger of, of Washington DC and corporations. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we have crony capitalism at the ties. I mean, look at what's happening with the GoFundMe. Like you said, man, $10 million right up there. And it's an amazing that during the entire riots of summer of 2020, right, the riots of 2020, how many millions of dollars were flowing in and out of GoFundMe through to all different types of Antifa and Black Lives Matter nonsense, right? It's yep. the most craziest thing in the world. And we both know that Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with improving the lives of black Americans, right? It has nothing to do with with improving black communities it has nothing to do with fostering and, 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 and revitalizing black culture it has nothing to do with any of that. It has everything. To, it, it's just another communist pawn that is used by the U S federal government. That is the only reason why you could have hundreds of millions of dollars flying around and nobody even blinks an eye as to where it's going. Meanwhile, siege, you send a few thousand bucks to a campaign person and God forbid it was sent in the wrong way. You're going to go to jail. Like what happened to Dinesh D'Souza. Right. And, and then you look at Antifa has nothing to do with fascism. And you talk to these, these, these misguided mental patients who make up Antifa, right? These basement dwelling, pasty white medicated idiots, and they'll tell you that I'm an I'm a communist anarchist. What the hell does that mean? That's like two opposite ends of the spectrum. You can't be, uh, a, you know, an anarchist and a communist at the same time. It, it, it's ridiculous. But these people are morons. And this is why not a single Antifa person has ever been to jail. They've never been taken down as an organization. And this is the reason why that government, uh, uh, you know, individuals that work for both the FBI and the State Department. And the, and the Brandon administration will look you dead in the eye, look you straight in the face, and tell you Antifa is an idea. It's not an organization. Such stupidity on a grand scale. Meanwhile, we see them handing out money, right? We see them handing out uh, 
uh, money to protesters and, and paid agent provocateurs. We see them show up by the truckloads with signs and weapons. And no one does nothing. But meanwhile, God forbid, some peaceful, patriotic, loving Canadians or Americans gather. And all of a sudden, they're white supremacists. All of a sudden, they're a danger. All of a sudden, the uh, the pro-labor left, who's supposed to be so pro-labor in Canada, right? the Labor Party over there, who are so poor, pro, you know, pro-labor, they're so socialist, they're for the workers, uh, you know, the, the, they're for the workers, all of a sudden see these truckers who are the epitome of a quote-unquote worker, who is the epitome of somebody who's in the grind, so to speak, and all of a sudden the far-left idiots that are in Canada are calling them racist are calling them uh, a fringe uh, a community. They're calling them all. These are people they should be backing. And instead, they're ostracizing them. And, and, and like, a like a typical stupid left-wing moron, what do they do, Siege? They cannot relinquish their religion. They cannot relinquish their worldview. They have to double and triple down. So this is the reason why the drama school instructor, part-time ski uh, drama school teacher, part-time ski instructor turned Prime Minister Justin Trudeau mm -hmm. is in hiding, and he's doubling and tripling down. And this is why the leftists who are on about labor and workers, you don't get any more worker than a truck driver, buddy. All right? All of a sudden, now they are all, oh, 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 oh no, we're not going to back them. They're, they're racist. They're racist. Right. And you know what? The average person on the street sees this. Mm -hmm. The only people that are going along with, the, with, with what, what, what's happening at a federal level within the Canadian, within the American, within the British, within the, um, the European governments are brain-dead, medicated moron siege. It's ridiculous, and I'm glad that the world is waking up and seeing these psychos for what they are. Yeah, well, I, and, and maybe he can discuss it tomorrow, and I definitely don't want to uh, take uh, words out of, on, out of context or... But if you if you subscribe to uh, Matthew Arrett's Substack, more than likely you probably got an email yesterday of a of a video where Matthew actually. Yeah, I have that. I, I always want to play that video, man. Um, I don't have it brought up. If you if, I have if, it. You, if you have it close, because I get that echo. Remember, anytime I share a yeah. video, but um, I'm sure it was it was kind of neat to see Matthew in that situation because it was a little bit different than what we normally see him, and um, and he he tasted that he tasted that 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 rebirth of freedom and, and and liberty and you know he's like i run the canadian patriot review and this is the first time in a long time that i felt this type of of, uh, of energy this type of movement and and and, and i've and I, and I personally have sensed that before of what that feels like to attend to attend rallies to to fight back against the the state and win and i think that's the direction that humanity's going um maybe matthew hopefully here we go there it is uh, we have Monsieur Elliot. He's going to break it down from us live from Ottawa. Here we go. My, our main dude right here. Here we go. So this is Matthew Elliot, who's a Canadian Patriot Review, speaking from Ottawa, Canada, where I've been here for the uh, the massive truckers convoy. And I got to say, for the entire uh, hour that I've been walking around and seeing the sights, this is a real paradigm shifting experience for me. For the many years I've been politically active. And running a website called the Canadian Patriot Review, I, I've got to say I have not had many reason to, to feel a lot of revolutionary patriotism from my fellow Canadians until today. And this has completely been a very unexpected experience overall. 
where thousands upon thousands of Canadians have just come, come out from all corners of this land to express their contempt and frustration for living under two years of lockdown with no end in sight by tyrannical government that is entirely crapped on the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Now, there are signs that I've seen uh, that range from info wars to the Patriot uh, flag, you know, celebrating the, the rebellion of 1837, trucks uh, all the way down Rideau Street and beyond. The thing that's going to be very important in the coming days and weeks ahead as this thing continues will be a coherence and a leadership that has to be able to understand what is needed in a time of systemic breakdown crisis since the current administration running Canada is not only incompetent but criminally so there has to be an understanding of what is a proper way of running a sovereign nation state in a, in a time of crisis so this is going to be the, the intellectual and moral test for uh, everyone both those sitting in Parliament with an active conscience that has to be able to respond correctly to the current demands of the people as well as the people themselves who can't just sort of continue in a state where they demand change but rather understand what that quality of change has to be if we're going to make it through the coming storm. So I'm going to continue uh, having interviews, having discussions with Canadians, truckers and many others who have uh, come together today and I'm going to report back in with a further video in the future. So until then, check out the CanadianPatriot.org site and it's very cold so I'm going to I'm going to sign out now. Talk to you later. <laughs>once again this is just yet another street of just endless endless patriots who have come out to express their right to have a life to defend their liberties this is good this is a very enlivening experience and again it doesn't stop it doesn't matter what street you go down it is just pure freedom down every bloody road yes may recognize that was epic, man. So much for a fringe group, huh? Yeah, fringe fringe <laughs> group. And, you know, you want to talk about euphoric and 
feeling the, the the vibration that many of us, if you know, you haven't been able to experience and in, in in not necessarily protesting, but participating in something like that, but you could just sense it, right? In, in Matthew's expression of, of, of what was happening there with feeling that that sense of, of pride that, that, that takes over. And, you know, that's what the oligarchs didn't plan on be. They didn't, they didn't plan on this and it really backfired on them. This whole attempt to really, you know, control humanity through this, it backfired because it was like a massive, you know, awakening that's occurring, not, not only in Canada, but, but, but globally, you know, we, you know, humanity is rising and that's what's, you know, that's, what's so exciting. The, the, you know, the, even, even if they end the mandates, they end the lockdowns, we can't, we can't stop there. You know, how, no. you know how the radical left, when you give them an inch, they take a mile. Well, this is our inch. The, the yeah. relieving the mandates and the vaccine mandate, that's our inch. You know, we need to push back even more to really disrupt the political, the elite class and take ownership of the direction of our future of humanity. So this is, this is just a start. And we, and, and I hope that at some point it resonates with enough people that they'll talk about this, that this, this is just, this is just the beginning in terms of humanity rising, not not the end. One hundred percent, man. It's uh, incredible. Okay, uh, it, it's incredible to 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 witness this, and you know, it, I think people have enough anger and vitriol that it's not be like, okay, we we we've cried enough. Take away the mandates. Take away the lockdowns. Take away all these stipulations with COVID uh, against us, just take it away from us. No, I think there's enough anger here. And I think we're going to witness this anger, especially here in the United States come 2022. There's a lot of people, a lot of rhinos that are going out, a lot of uh, uh, establishment, a lot of globals. I, I think there's an awakening here because I think the people in the West starting to understand that you cannot sit idle in the marketplace. You cannot sit idly on your hands and expect your government to function on to your benefit. You just can't do it. It's like what Benjamin Franklin said. It's a republic. If you can keep it, it is for a vigilant and upright citizenry. And this is the whole entire thing. I think we need to become that vigilant and upright citizenry. And I think that we stand a chance here to, once again, to radically change the culture, a culture that will propagate freedom, a culture that promotes individuality, a culture that promotes limited government, and the culture that promotes government that only serves the people. That would be a wonderful concept, wouldn't it? I hope to God. But, you know, I, I mean, we got a lot of challenges ahead. I look at over here and what's happening in the, in, you know, in the U.S., how many in these deep blue areas would actually go along with something like this? Because you have the socialist far left in Canada looking at the at, at what's happening with the truckers and absolutely having a conniption fit siege, absolutely having a, a a heart attack. They can't believe that such a thing would happen. So this is this is the conflict that we're facing in the West, and this is something that needs to be overcome, man. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, Siege. Well, our, our freedom and liberty is not free. It, no. you know, it requires work. It requires more than a social media post on Memorial Day. It requires more than a barbecue on the 4th of July and lighting fireworks. It requires a lot more to that. It requires being very diligent in terms of 
having our elected uh, officials, our elected servants, let's let's call it what it is. They're not elected leaders or elected servants. The people that we elect as our servants to hold them accountable, and that's something that that that's been missing. You know, I, I you know, I I I don't want to use the word laugh, but you know, when you see people who feel that they're being patriotic by posting on Independence Day that you know, God bless America, or we see them post on Memorial Day that God bless our troops. No, it requires a lot more than that. It requires to to be engaged, to understand what's happening, you know, internationally and. And what I, what one thing V that I was thinking about today was that much like V that we 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 learned from COVID that it was basically kind of a of a repeat of of 9/11 in terms of the draconian policies that were set forth and and it took us two years to catch up to it to understand and identify that and get enough people to wake up and push back. I think we're faced with another dilemma V and we're we're, we're faced V with another learning opportunity. And what that learning opportunity is, is that we're seeing basically another weapons of mass destruction, Iraq invasion, take place with with Ukraine. And and we have an opportunity to not allow that mistake to happen. It was very arrogant of the State Department to get in front of. And it was it was very liberating. I, I, I was truly inspired by. I can't remember what his name was of the AP. I guess he used to be an intelligence officer. <laughs> um, the last State Depart- Department briefing where you had a State Department representative say that we have knowledge, we have information, we have... De- oh, yeah, Ned Price. <clears throat> he actually went to school with one of my business partners. It's hilarious. Oh, awesome. <laughs> we information showing that Russia is preparing a false flag with video and everything. I'm like, oh... So yeah, Max words, Lee, the, 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 David Lee, I think it was uh, David Lee or Max Lee, absolutely girl. I, I'll pull it up. Go ahead, keep talking. So, so in, in essence, he he really pushed back and said, "Okay, great, you're uh, releasing information. Where is the information? Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what that is. Okay, so you're wanting us to take what you're saying at face value, and 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 he did. He gave examples as to why we shouldn't take things at face value. Let me let me give you an example of of you know you mentioned. Here we go. Here we go. Let's play it. It's awesome. This is brilliant. This guy, one of my good friends and and business partners um, that works with me on the institutional side of things, went to school with this jackass, this piece of crap. He graduated from Georgetown. This guy was a lying sack of shit back then and a piece of shit. He came out as a homo. He was dating uh, my buddy's uh, friend who's, you know, one of his uh, friends was a girl. He was dating her, and then he comes out as a, a, a as a homo because you know he's part of global homo. And when you're part of global homo, where do you go to work at? You go work for the cocaine import agency. Then he worked at the CIA for a little while. This is a lying sack of shit. This is a guy that put through a wall, it literally just put this guy through a wall. I mean, it, it sickens me. He's a piece of shit. This guy. Okay, I'm gonna play it right now before I get too mad. As these suggest otherwise, suggest meaning that. They suggest they're not interested in talks and they're going to go ahead with some kind of offer. What action are you talking about? One, the actions I've just pointed to. Uh, the what fact, action? What? The, the fact that Russia continues to engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, campaigns. You, know, you made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said, that they have engaged in this activity. Uh, in this planning well, activity. But, activity, but let me let me because because obviously this is not this is not the first time we've made uh, these reports public. 
You'll remember that just a few well, weeks I, ago. I'm sorry. You, made, made, made what report public? If you'll let me finish, I will okay. tell you what report we made <laughs> okay. public. Uh, we told you a few weeks ago that we have information Everybody indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. And I'm going to get to the next question here, which is, what is the evidence that they, I mean, this is like crisis actors, really? This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting into. Now. <laughs> um, what evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the, in, in the making? Matt, this is derived uh, from information known to the U.S. government, intelligence information that we have declassified. I think you well, know. Okay, well, where, where is it? Where, where is this information? It is intelligence information that we have declassified. Well, where is it? Where is the declassified information? I just delivered it. <laughs> you made a series of allegations and would you Would you like us to print it out the topper? Because you will see a transcript of this briefing. That you <laughs> you want to topper with a header? Nice. Well, hold on. That's you saying it. That's not evidence. I'm sorry. What would you like, Matt? I, I would like to see some proof that you that 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 that, that you can show that that Matt, you have that, been that, that shows you, that 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 you, shows that the Russians are doing this. Ned, I've been doing this for. a I long know that time. was my point. As, you you as have you, know. you you have been doing this for quite a while. You know I that have. when we declassify intelligence That's information, right. and I we do so in, in a means. In we do and so. I, and, we do so with an eye to that, protecting that sources and methods. Not going to fall. I, I remember a lot of things. So where, where, where is the declassified information other than you coming out here and saying? Matt, I'm sorry you don't like the format, uh, but we have declassified. It's not the format, it's the content. I'm sorry you don't like the content. I'm sorry it's you, I'm sorry like you are doubting this. the information that is in the possession of the U.S. government. No, I, I, what I'm telling you is that this is information that's available to us. We are making it available to you. Uh, in order uh, for a couple reasons. One is to attempt to deter the Russians from going ahead with this activity. Two, in the event we're not able to do that, in the event the Russians do go ahead with this, to make it clear as day, to lay bare the fact that this has always been an attempt on the part of the Russian Federation to fabricate a pretext. Yeah, but you don't have any, any evidence to back it up other than what you're saying. It's like you're saying, we think we, we, we have information the Russians may do this, but you won't tell us what the information well, is. That, and then when, when, that, when you're that, asked, that, that is the idea behind when, deterrence, Matt. When, that is the idea behind asked, deterrence. And when it is asked, our hope that the Russians don't go forward with this. when what the information is, you say, I just gave it to you. But that, that's not what... You, you seem not to not understand the, you seem not to no, understand no, no, the idea of deterrence. We are trying to deter the Russians from moving forward with this type of activity. That is why we are making it public today. If the Russians don't go forward with this, that is not uh, ipso facto an indication that they never had plans to do so. Uh, but then it's unprovable. <laughs> My God. What is the evidence that you have that suggests that, that, that the Russians are even planning this? Matt, you, I mean, I'm not you, saying that they're not, but you just come out and say this and expect us just to, to, to believe it without you showing a shred of evidence that it's actually true. Other than when I ask, or when anyone else asked, what's the information? You said, well, I just gave it to you, which was just you making a statement. Matt, you said yourself, you've been in this business for quite a long time. You know that when we make information, uh, intelligence information public, we do so uh, in, a, in a way that protects <laughs> sensitive sources and methods. You also know that 
we do so, we declassify information only when we're confident in that information. If you doubt, if you doubt the, the credibility of the U.S. government, of the British government, uh, of other governments, and want to, uh, you know, find uh, solace in information that uh, the Russians solace? are putting out, uh, that is uh, that is for wanna, you to do. I'm not asking what, what the Russian government is putting out. And, and what, do you mean, what is this supposed to be? Officials are describing uh, very specific scenes, but do they actually have a video? The, the fact that we are able to go into such great detail, uh, obviously I'm not going to spell out what is in our possession, but I will leave, uh, I will leave it to you. Uh, I will leave that to your, uh, to your judgment. There, your there are no facts that you've spelled out. You have evidence that this was intended to come out in the coming days? We've, we've said, Ben, for some time now that the Russians uh, have positioned forces, uh, they have undertaken preparations, that if Putin decides to move forward with an invasion, uh, they're positioned to do so. You they are poised to do so. In the coming days. One, just one, one last thing. Like, I, I'm not buying into Russian propaganda, but I'm also not going to buy into an, I'm not accusa asking you an to... accusation. Yes, you are. You're saying the proof is that I just said it. So let me just appeal to you on behalf of all of us in the American people and the people of the world and the Russian people and the Ukrainian people. One piece of evidence to suggest that the Russians are planning to use crisis actors to stage a false mass casualty event to use as a pretext. Just one piece, okay? And not you or Kirby or Jen or John Finer or Jake saying this is what is so. And then you turning around and saying, well, because we said it, it's a fact. So let me one let, piece of let me one make, piece of verifiable evidence. Let, let me make let me make a, a couple broad points. And I, I, I acknowledge this will probably unset, be unsatisfactory to you in the moment. Uh, but uh, here's what I think, you know, uh, what I certainly know. Uh, what everyone here knows. There are 100,000 Russian troops encircling Ukraine right now, uh, False. approaching Ukraine's borders, close to the borders. There are thousands of Russian troops uh, with the potential for some 30,000 Russian troops to stream in to Belarus. Uh, all of these forces are positioned, could well be positioned, if Putin makes that decision, uh, to uh, engage on Ukraine in a coordinated assault. Uh, we also know uh, that the Russians have resorted to these tactics in the past, uh, have uh, developed a remarkably similar playbook in 2014, amassed troops, uh, engaged in 2014, it is a historical fact, uh, engaged in disinformation and propaganda to paint Ukraine as the aggressor, uh, fabricated a pretext for an invasion, and went in. So All with lies. what we know from eight years ago, with what we have seen, you and I both have seen, everyone has seen, with what we have heard eight years ago, in the ensuing eight years, uh, and in recent weeks, um, it seems to me that uh, it should not be outlandish uh, that the Russians may be uh, engaging well, in this okay, activity fine, but not again. being outlandish doesn't mean that you have any proof that it's happening or being planned. The second point. Ned, you can't just... All of that may very well be true, probably is true, okay? But it doesn't provide any evidence of what you're alleging now, which is that they're planning this mass fake mass casualty event with quote-unquote crisis actors, which is something that 
you know, in the U.S., we rarely hear outside of the kind of, you know, nutty conspiracy theory um, uh, crowd. Well, to be to be clear, we're not alleging what the United States is doing. Uh, this is information available to us, no, no, what the Russians are up to. I understand your point, but I just want to... You do? Because, I mean, uh, you're treading into serious waters here. And, 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 and if you can't provide any evidence other than, well, I said so, and so it's a fact, that's a problem. Matt, there's a second point. Uh, this is derived from intelligence. Intelligence in which uh, we well, have confidence, we, in which we have confidence. The otherwise, same confidence you had in, in, otherwise, in WMD uh, otherwise, otherwise, mean, what, otherwise, what? otherwise oh, we man. would not be making it public in the way we are. Uh, but here's, here's the other point. Um, intelligence and evidence, uh, these are two separate things. Uh, it is uh, no... You're, but you're saying it's a fact and that, it, that you have proof. And then you can't offer any proof and to, to, to show that it's fact. I'll drop it, but I think we Thank should you. move on. Yep. What a joke. <laughs> what a piece of shit this guy is. What a turd. This lying sack of crap, Ned Price, who spent years fluffing God knows who, wearing knee pads in the CIA, and now he's uh, not only worked for Obama, but now he's back for O'Biden, the O'Biden administration, which is run by the shadow president, Barack Hussein Obama. Unbelievable. Not a shred. And, and CJ, might I tell you, today's Monday, right? Yesterday, another secretary of state individual uh, was saying out there that Russia's going to invade. It could be tomorrow. Well, here's tomorrow. Here's Monday, February the 7th. There's been no Russian invasion of the Ukraine. These people are idiots. Well, trust us. Trust you about what? Village God is right. You know, the yellow cake, right? Nigerian yellow cake, right? Trust us about what? Weapons of mass distraction. Trust us about what? Kabul will never fall. And Matt Lee, the, the reporter who was shredding him, this is stupid piece of crap, this scumbag, this literal cocksucker, Ned Price, right? Global homo over here could... I mean, he was just sending, it was a bloodletting. Blood was pouring out of every, I mean, he, this, kid, this kid was getting razored, man. Right. Razored. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, a couple points, you know, real quick. And some of these talking points I'm borrowing from uh, uh, Jimmy Dore. And um, num number one is that, could you imagine if we have had journalists like this to be this bold, to 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 really hold their feet to the fire, could you imagine some of the things that that could have been, you know, you know, prevented some of those, you know, the early stages of of, of COVID with the the data, the information that released, if we had true journalism in our country that really pushed back, that's that's number one, and then the second thing, which is probably the most, you know, compelling because I I noticed it a little bit too, but you know, Jimmy was the first; he went on RT to state this. And, and why he, Jimmy has basically said, I'll never vote any type of, of, of mainstream uh, political party again. You know, it's all third party from, from this point out. But one of the things that was an interesting observation on his part was that the, where, where, where is the conservative base that's coming out and talking about this press briefer and being very upset about it? Where, where are the Republicans, where are the conservative base who are coming out and saying, why are we doing this? Why are we escalating things in Ukraine 
on behalf of the Ukrainian quote unquote people because of democracy that this is the right thing to do. Why aren't they calling out this press conference to say it's very poor judgment of the State Department? What show us the evidence, show us the proof that this is taking place? Absolute silence from conservatives and Republicans. And that and that's my message to everyone. These, you know, I believed in the two-party system for far too long. I I've, I've told people my political views in the past. I, I, I voted for, for, for Clinton. I voted, you know, I've been all over the political spectrum. But this is very telling. This is very telling in terms of the illusion of choice that we have here in our republic of Democrats and Republicans and why we need to continue to destroy that narrative every, chance, every time that we get a chance, V. Yeah, the... the, the, the... The neocons and the neolibs, you know, there's an old saying, if you chase the guy who's on the far left, you wind up meeting the guy on the far right. It's, it's, it's the same idiot. It's the same bloody idiot. The neocon and the neoliberal is the same idiot. And these idiots live in this fantasy land of war. You know, the, I, I think the Saker had a, a wonderful write-up, right, about the stupid notions that are permeating much of uh, U.S. State Department. These are people, like I said, I've, sa- I've said this a billion times. These are people that live in their own vacuum, right? And they literally believe that Russia is retreated, that Russia is a, is a, is, is a, is a poor country that has an economy the size of New York. They literally believe that uh, Russia has no room to wiggle, that the U.S. has limitless room to maneuver. They believe that the U.S. is under no pressure of, you know, no time pressure whatsoever, but Russia is under pressure. They literally believe this stuff. You know why? Because they have dumb punk kids like Ned Price who are sitting in their intelligentsia think tanks and deep in the corridors of their departments writing bullshit, writing fiction. And this is what happens before an empire collapses. They sit there and they write fiction. And so they write fiction that... That the, that the U.S. Won't, won't suffer a conflict against Russia, but Russia will. They write fiction that, that Russia's strategic defense weapons are absolutely useless. And they write fiction saying that we could build a military base there. Maybe the Brits could build a military base there. And then what could Russia do? Will Russia attack Ukraine and start World War III, right? which they will destroy mankind? So, uh, the, you, so Russia has everything to lose. And, 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 they, and, and nobody has anything to fear from Russia. And we have all the time in the world. This is the type of bullshit that you have to be so damn educated book-wise to be that stupid. These are morons who I say all the time. These are morons who forecast into a vacuum. And what they don't realize is that the U.S. and the EU and the entire Western world, the insolvent seven, as I like to call them, are a total mess. These are zombie institutions and legacy brands that make up the Americas as well as the Western world. That we are dilapidated, broken, literally fighting internally and externally with each other. Our economies are completely over leveraged. They're completely buckling. They're completely, we can't even produce paper towels. And yet we were talking about the yeah, neocons and neoliberals talking about World War Three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every single Western leader, Trudeau, Macron, Boris Johnson, Joe Brandon, okay? Every single one of these fucktards in the West are the most unpopular hellish leaders on God's green earth. Nobody likes the assholes that are in charge in, Austra- in Australia. Nobody likes the bitch 
with a horse face in New Zealand. Nobody likes the, 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 the cunts that are running the EU. Nobody likes these a- a- assholes. Nobody. Yeah. Right. But yet Putin's popularity is at an all time high. Yep. Okay. Russian society is absolutely united on the idea that, you know what? Enough is enough and fuck around and find out. That's the idea right now of Russia. And you've seen it when you start dissecting what Lavrov is saying, when you start dissecting what Putin is saying, when you start dissecting what a lot of the Russian ministry has been putting out the last several weeks is that they've had enough. The West has no cards. They never did. They're holding. These are idiots who are standing around circle jerking each other, having a micro penis contest. And And they have no cards. They don't have the militarily. They don't have any cards militarily. They don't have any cards economically. And this is the this is the conundrum. There's a freak out in in D.C. There's a panic in Downing Street. There's a panic in Paris. There's a panic in Ber- in Berlin. There's a panic in Rome. And that panic, folks is that they know that they are beaten. They know that this seems a little fantastical for it to be real. And this is the reason why that many leaders, Bolsonaro, where is he at right now this week? Well, he's in Moscow meeting Putin. The new president of Argentina, where is he at this week? Well, he's in Moscow meeting Putin. Well, well, Erdogan, where is he heading to this week? Oh, he's going to be in Moscow meeting Putin. Mario Draghi, what is he doing? Well, he's on a phone call urgently to meet with who? Putin in order so that he can make sure that while the suicidal pact that the EU is doing, that Italy will still get its gas from Russia. What's Macron doing? When Boris Johnson could have shown up for a call for Putin, what is Macron? Macron and the French are realizing, hey, these people are idiots. We will not want to, uh, you know, dive. we don't want another yellow vest uh, revolution. No, no, no. Oh, 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 mon ami. And what are they doing? They're on a phone call making Putin. Everybody, okay, for a country that seems to have an economy smaller than the state of New York, for a country that under, quote, unquote, what Barack Obama said, uh, hold on, Russia's, uh, Russia's a gas station posing as a country. That's what Russia is. For, for, for a country that is posing as a gas station, right, for some reason, every single major player in the world wants to meet with Putin, and they want to meet him in Moscow. What yeah. does that tell you? What does that tell you? Yeah. Folks, this is the, this is the, you want to get shit done. If you're a, if you're a leader of a country, you want to get shit done. You're not calling D.C. You're not calling Downing Street. You're not calling Paris. You're not calling Berlin. You're calling Moscow and Beijing. That's what people are starting to realize. These people are idiots. Absolute idiots. They don't understand the they don't understand the the the, the, the concept of a hypersonic missile. They don't understand that Russia could could hit you before your missiles even get into that into the atmosphere. They don't get that. Yep, they don't they don't get it. And um, a few point this, this is probably gonna have to, to go to a, a, a second show or, or a second hour, one of the two, but um, a, a few things in regards to that that conversation. And why it's important is that it's it's a, it's a preemptive They I think the State Department understands that there's enough technology, there's enough information gathered to really counter the narratives in terms of what, you know, false flags. I put a tweet out, I probably labeled it 
not correctly because I call it like a reverse false flag, which probably is not the accurate description of what's taking place. But I think what's happening is, is that preemptively the State Department is, is planning on, on, you know, attempting to do a false flag event uh, and then basically turn around and blame it on Russia and saying, see, we told you that they were going to do this and, oh, and yeah. here we are. So we were accurate in our assessment because they haven't been accurate on anything else prior to this. Right. They, they you know, they told us that basically that that cabal and, and Afghanistan would be perfectly fine. <laughs> so it's basically like an attempt to to preemptively counter the narrative that when it does happen so that they're ready. So so but. I, I want to pivot there for, for just a minute, V, and the reason why I said it's probably going to be a second hour, or probably a completely different show, but I think we wouldn't be doing just without talking about, about uh, Joe Rogan mm. and, and talking about the, the attack and what's assaulting. And, um, you know, Joe Rogan and then, and then also Jordan Peterson as well. Um, yeah. Because personally, this is my perspective, and I don't mean any disrespect to either one of them, but but I really thought that Joe Rogan would be much more intellectually um, inclined to understand that you do not give the radical left the uh, the cancel culture one inch at all. You cannot do that, and and he did that, and so therefore they smell blood. That blood is in the water, and they are going to continue this assault on him, and so his. His, his why I get why he's trying to do it because he's trying to be in the middle of the road and and then reflect upon some of the things that he said 20 25 not not 20 that's an exaggeration but but a few years ago like you know whether whether it's it's it's, it's using the the n-word in a podcast and all that kind of stuff and now saying why well, understand why a certain group of people can say it but I'm not I can't and all this kind of stuff he should have never have, he should have never have done that 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 just that to me is almost like whenever we made excuses of the tearing down of historic monuments right like when we said well yes it's okay to take the confederate flag or it's okay uh to take down the statue of of uh of general lee or you know whatever we did was well what happened from there they kept they kept going and they kept going so now that that Joe Rogan is, has has exposed himself to this, he's 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 very much at risk of this this continuation, and and so so why I say that is because, you know, I, again I thought that Rogan would be much more intellectually inclined to understand by Kate. Now, I don't maybe caving is not the right word, but by allowing them to dictate his content and dictating you know, what he says and censoring and going back to all this and then and then agreeing to allow Spotify to remove 120. I don't know what they're up to is in terms of removing the number of, of, of shows that they have with him. You, you, you basically are sacrificing yourself. You're, you're, you're basically stating that at this standpoint in time, this was my, my, my belief and, 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 and it was completely wrong versus saying that, you know what, I matured my, my, my view since then. Go back and listen to it, which was which was wrong, but it's still there. Instead of, of instead of taking it down, instead of canceling it, so that's that's number one. And then the second perspective, because I know a lot of people listen to Jordan Peterson and 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 you know his views and what he says. And when when I started to listen to his most you know most recent recent you know podcast with with Rogan, I had to turn it off because to me and this could be the wrong way to look at it but to me jordan peterson has has lost all credibility to me 
And why they say that is because maybe he did through the maybe through he did through the podcast and discussion, but I think more of the things that I think that that Rogan should have asked Peterson was that how did you allow yourself to get into this addiction with OxyContin? How did you uh, allow yourself to be? He he didn't, bro. He did. Okay, completely. No, 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 no. Do you understand the whole concept of what happened? Do you do you know the backstory of how Jordan got into that situation? Well, I well, I well, I don't. But from my intellectual, yeah, that, that's very, very vital. That's very important. That you that that aspect of it is super important. Yeah, it's but, not but it, through his own. It it, it 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 came through a doctor, through benzos. Okay, and, and and it's a whole story. Go ahead. I'll let you continue. Then I'll. No, no, no. I'll... I, I was just saying, but 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 even from a perspective of being smart enough to allow yourself to get into prescription medications to control certain things, I would never mentally or intellectually allow myself to fall into that. Like I would, I would stop it right then. Even at the point B, where, like for example, when I did the sober October, I was a little bit concerned, you know, through the lockdowns a year ago that I started to drink too much alcohol that I started to day drink a little bit too much through the lockdowns where I started to get a little bit concerned to saying, Hey, you know what, is this, is this becoming an addiction? Is this becoming something where I said, you know what, I need to spot check myself intellectually and, 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 and fortitude of mentality and, and all that. I need to, I need to fortify myself to ensure that, that this hasn't evolved into some type of addiction. So I, I did the sober October and, and, and I, and I, and I breezed through and I said, okay, my body didn't react. I didn't do those things. So, so why is it that 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 someone like Jordan Peterson, who you know, you know, again, academia, everything else like that, speaking expos and all that, like, and 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 again, you know, I know personally it's the way that I feel about him evaluating, but I think he should have have had some conversations a long time ago. But are we doing hang with Harley? Yeah, I just brought Harley right in. Hey, Harley, okay. how you doing? We'll be, We'll be right with you. One second. Go ahead, TJ. Finish up your thoughts. So, I wanna, I wanna so we're going to pivot to Hangers Harley. We're going to make that 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 whole conversation regarding Joe Rogan a, a, a separate show. So Harley, good to see you, sir. Hello. How are you? Doing doing wonderful, Harley. Harley, lot, lots of things going on. Where do we begin with everything? Uh, but real quick, Siege, the whole thing with first of all, it wasn't oxycontin. It was, it was it's uh, 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 benzos, right? It was benzopedines. Why was he? Why did he have that? Right. At the time, he had a whole bunch of other health issues that were overlapping and his wife was dying of cancer all the while. He still has to work. His daughter's going through, again, rheumatoid arthritic surgery again. I mean, she's had over like 40 different operations. Her daughter is by himself. So that problem began in 2016. Because it, 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 he respond, he had a reaction to an autoimmune issue on top of his wife dying from cancer, right? Mm -hmm. On top of his daughter's stuff, right? And the doctor cautiously, the doctor he was seeing was cautiously prescribed him benzodiazepine, okay, in early 2017. And that, look, we're only discovering that certain people have a genetic predisposition to serotonin reuptake inhibitors. He didn't realize how jacked up he was until like 2019. Okay, that's like that. So it's not his. Not, this whole context of oh, he was on oxycontin or how come he was that is not the reality. And this happens to a lot of people where their doctors, because there's some things like benzodiazepine 
that works in autoimmune. And there's a potential, there's a 50-50 there. Either you're going to be fine and not have a problem, or you could have a genetic predisposition to get hooked on it. That's right. the whole entire Peterson thing. It has well, nothing yeah. to do with him being a drug addict. Maybe, maybe it's not. coming from more of a personal perspective, but, you know, you know, uh, I think it's coming up on, I still save it. Where is it? So four or five years ago, you know, I had brain surgery. So here's the uh, October 18th, 2016. So I had brain surgery and they actually removed part of my skull to fix a decompressed nerve in my face. And through that time period, I knew the dangers of, 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 of those serious narcotic prescriptions. Uh, so therefore, through that time period, whenever I told the doctors, I'm like, don't give me any controlled medication. Give me rotate Advil, rotate ibuprofen, acetaminophen. You know, that's all I want. And, and, and there was severe pain. They, they removed part of my skull. You probably can't see this, the, the, the scar, but they removed part of my skull and went in and, and uh, found that decompressed nerve that was triggering the, 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 the spasm. And then they put a microfiber around it and it's still there to date. Um, but, but I, back then in 2016, knew the dangers of, of those strong controlled prescription medications. And, and I refused. I'm like, I'm not going to do it because I, but I knew. So that's, that's for, for me personally, is probably the only reason why I'm questioning Jordan Peterson and, and that, that whole thing and looking at some of his conversations. So that's, that's the only reason I'm going there, V. No, I, I get that. You know, it's uh, it's completely two different life experiences. Completely, Harley. What's up, buddy? How are you? <laughs> Harley's trying He's to save the home. world. Harley's attempting to save the world from nuclear explosion. <laughs> well, with some help of others. Absolutely, Harley. We we have your latest video. We could we could you you're uh, circulating this. The abrupt end of the Anglo-American unipolar world is in sight. This is going viral. I'm going to be playing this later on. But Harley, since we have you here, let's break this down. Where do you want to begin? Well, I think the, the two things I covered, and there are many others you could have covered, but one is the significance of the Russia-China deal that was worked out uh, a couple of days ago. If you want to get a sense of how this is absolutely ripping a hole through the guts of the oligarchy, take a look at the February 4th. Uh, Daily Telegraph, also known as the Daily Torygraph, which is a journal of the uh, British establishment. And essentially, they said, this is the end of the Anglo-American empire, that the Russians and the Chinese are in a position now where they can do this. And they're doing it on economic grounds, on strategic grounds, and there's not much that the West can do about it. Now, then you have Frederick Kemp of the Atlantic Council, who's a somewhat of a joker, but he does, the Atlantic Council is very important in shaping what comes out of the mouths of the State Department people. And what he said is that uh, this is huge, and he compared it to the Hitler-Mussolini-Japan axis. And he said, the one thing that unites Russia and China is their hatred of America. That's not true. What unites them is their hatred of the policies that are being done in the name of America which are war, regime change, uh, austerity, uh, and so on. And what Putin has said from the beginning is he's looking for a new strategic architecture where everyone benefits, not just Wall Street and the city of London. So that's the issue, that's what's going on. Now, very interesting, I'm sure you've seen this video, all of you probably have, of Ned Price 
the joker of the State Department getting grilled by an effective reporter for a change. Oh, yeah, Matt Lee. We, we, we just played it right before you came on. It was incredible. Well, what you see is a guy who spent 11 years at the CIA. Oh, yeah. Never objected. Not not Matt Lee, but uh, uh, Matt, Matt Price. Price. Yeah, he was a classmate of a, of a business partner of mine he, he, from Georgetown. The guy's, yeah, the guy's that's right. He was telling me that this guy's uh, he was a terrible scumbag back then. He was a lying sack of crap back then, even when he went to the CIA. And he was a lying sack of crap during the Obama administration. Now he's back again for the O'Biden-Brandon administration. Well, and here's the interesting thing about him. He spent 11 years at the CIA, and he claims he had to retire. He, he left because he was upset that Trump was throwing out people that he respected. He didn't leave because the CIA was carrying out coups, murdering people, torturing people, spying on the Senate and things of that sort. He didn't object to any of that. What he objected to was the attempt to make the CIA responsible to the desires of the president. Now, what's most interesting, and if people haven't seen it, they should see the tape. What, what's he questioned about? He said, we have evidence that the Russians are preparing a false flag. So Matt Lee said, well, where's the evidence? And he said, I just gave it to you. And Matt Lee effectively says, you didn't give us evidence. You gave us uh, a statement. That's not evidence. And Price looked like he was uh, the deer caught in the headlights, a classic case of that. Now, when you have things like that happening every day, you know, where's the evidence that Biden said to Zelensky, Russia's about to invade, sack Kiev, and destroy your country. Zelensky's top advisors said that was never said. Who made that up? A Brit named Matthew Chance, who writes for Associated Press. You know, the idea that the, the uh, Russians were about to pull off a coup against Zelensky and put in a pro-Russian leader. I mean, just on, on, and on. What they're freaked out about, and it's not just Washington, it's London. Look at Bojo running over to, to put in his to his FaceTime with Zelensky and then <laughs> with Putin. You know, what's he what's he trying to do? He's trying to escape getting thrown out of office. Yeah. Or being another lying sack of shit. Yeah. You know, he's he's having British police throw people in prison if they go to a tavern uh, during a lockdown. Well, he's having party after party. I think of the truth be known, they were probably having these parties to celebrate the death of Prince Philip. But <laughs> you know, so you have these guys getting caught, tripping over their own tongues, uh, making up stories. But now we're beginning to see the, the, the narrative shift. And interesting, one of the things Ned Price said to uh, Matt Lee is he said, well, so you don't believe what U.S. and British intelligence and others are saying. Matt Lee never said a word about British intelligence. And it lets you know who's giving these stories, who are the anonymous sources that are providing these lies to the State Department, to the Biden administration, and to the Republican Party. Because look, it's not just Biden. The Republicans are totally in on this. The war drive, the you know, maybe they're just in on it because they're corrupt bastards and want to get more money for the military industrial complex. Right. Maybe some of them really want to go to war. I don't know. I mean, some of them are truly crazy. But I, I think we're now at a point where we can see this, this situation shift. And what I've been saying, and, you know, V, we've talked about this for months now. The American people have to come to terms with the fact that we do have allies in the world. 
And that includes sovereign nations that won't submit to Wall Street and London, won't submit to the Great Reset, won't submit to the Green New Deal, won't submit to the Pax Americana, the, the sole superpower post-Cold War order. That makes the Russians and the Chinese, as ironic as this sounds to many people, allies of the patriots in the United States who don't want to submit to the Federal Reserve and to the corrupt bureaucracy. And if we finally wake up and realize that, then we can sweep these guys away, bring in some real legislation that will take the power away from them. Bankruptcy reorganization, Glass-Steagall, uh, a, a credit bank, rather than a Federal Reserve, a private central bank. Right. So, you know, the news is basically good, except you could have a nuclear war by accident because the guys doing this are completely incompetent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's what we see rife everywhere. It's amazing to me, man. It's like, uh, you know, Harley, um, Boris Johnson's uh, trying to get on the phone with Putin. Meanwhile, Macron, seeing the lunacy of the Anglo-West, the Anglo-American West, of course, France is taking its own path. Uh, yeah. Macron has made sure that he gets on the phone with Putin, makes sure that energy still flows into France. Same thing with Mario Draghi. Super Mario Draghi over in Rome and Italy yeah. has been on the phone with Putin as well. He's saying, uh, listen, uh, uh, we know that the, uh, the, 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 the Ukrainians and the Americans are all a little crazy, but we want to make sure that the uh, gas uh, they still flow to Italy. No? You know? So they're, they're no, still the, doing the that. The Ukrainians aren't as crazy as the State Department people. Correct. The, the Ukrainians, uh, there was a great comment from the uh, former defense minister when the U.S. announced that we're going to take the family members of American diplomatic personnel out of Kiev because it's not safe. And the former defense minister said, what are you, crazy? They're more yeah. safe in Kiev than they are in Los Angeles or the declining cities of America. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. the Ukrainians are mocking us. Now, Look, Ukraine is a pretty terrible place right now. It was made worse by the coup in 2014 because they brought in the International Monetary Fund. And under the IMF, the per capita standard of living fell about 30% for Ukrainians. The per capita debt went up over 150% for the country. Yep. Ukraine is now on the short list of nations which might default on their debt. Zelensky needs four to $5 billion to make it through the, the end of this uh, first quarter. And what Zelensky is now saying is stop this war hype, you're scaring off the potential investors. And it, it shows how fragile the financial situation is, but how connected it is to the strategic. Yeah. And, and people like Blinken, uh, Blinken doesn't have a clue of the deeper issues. Another so genius. No. You know, it's also uh, it's also pretty alarming, uh, Harley. That uh, actually, it's pretty eye-opening. Bolsonaro is flying to Moscow. The new yeah. president of Argentina is flying to Moscow. Everybody's flying to Moscow to make deals to a country that supposedly has an economy the size of New York City and is a a a, a, a gas station masquerading as a country, as Obama would say. <laughs> well, you know, Russia has a couple things going for it: no debt, uh, a lot of gold. And yep. an unwillingness to submit the way it did during the 1990s in the Yeltsin era. Oh, yeah. The, the Russians have experience with the IMF, with the, the Boston Wall Street British bankers, swindlers like Bill Browder. You know, they know this. They've seen this game. They don't want it again. 
And so you have people like this, uh, I mentioned earlier, Kemp, who says, well, the, the Russians think they can have their own version of democracy uh, where they jail uh, dissidents, they censor media. You know, I'm reading what he said and I say, well, what about Julian Assange? What about the censor culture going on with the uh, tech media in the United States? The people who say these things don't have a clue that around the world, they're beginning to see the facade of this Wall Street city of London collapsing. I'll give you an example. The German press today is writing about the uh, Olaf Scholz is coming to meet with Biden. And the U.S. is pressuring him to provide arms to Ukraine. Now, Schultz did something pretty funny the other day. He said, oh, we'll help them. We'll send them some helmets. I don't know if these were World War II surplus helmets or what. Or maybe it was just a bunch of people named Helmet. But the, you know, what the Germans said is we're not going to provide weapons to Ukraine because we don't trust them. And we know what happens when you give arms to countries like this. Now, the German press is saying either they hope that Biden speaks sense to Schultz, brings him to his senses, or that Schultz is going to be under enormous pressure to submit. But his party is moving away from this war. His party, unfortunately, is in an alliance with the biggest gaggle of idiots on the continent, namely the German Green Party. The head of the German Green Party is now the foreign minister. You know, she's like a little girl with her, looks like a classic example of a deer caught in the headlights. She's in Kiev today. She's going to tour the front lines in the Donbass. Uh, I don't know if she's going to go in a camouflage outfit or her old uh, gymnast outfit. But, <laughs> you know, you've got this an interesting development in Germany where the Social Democrats, who did get the largest vote, don't want a war. And now the Christian Democrats under their new leader, Merz, are agreeing with the social Democrats. So, and you mentioned Macron, you mentioned Draghi, uh, the Serbian president, Vucic, gave a statement the other day saying, don't trust the British, they lie every time. Uh, the former foreign minister of Austria, Karen Kniesel, or Kniesel, uh said, why does anyone listen to the British? And the deputy UN ambassador from Russia, Polyansky, said, I hope my British colleagues don't take it the wrong way, but how long do you think you can get away with these lies? Mm. So, you know, for so long, Lyndon LaRouche and our group were out on the edge, oh, the British this, the British that. And now what we're seeing, and, and you know, if you, if you go back a little bit, it was Thatcher who stiffened Bush's spine, supposedly, oh, yeah. to get into the Gulf War. It was Blair who got the so-called evidence in the hands of Colin Powell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Anthony Blair. Yeah. Yeah. So, Harley, I, go ahead, Harley. No, I, I was just going to say that the world is turning upside down. And unfortunately, in the United States, people are still looking at this piecemeal. They're picking issues because that's the way the media wants you to do it. That's the right. narrative. You fight the mask mandate, you fight gender identity, you support the racism of the Black Lives Matter, instead of recognizing that the people who are pushing these narratives at you are the ones who are pushing for a war which could obliterate the planet and an economic policy that could leave everyone penniless without any food. 
And we just posted on our video on our website a three-minute statement on why they won't let farmers produce food anymore. And I'd encourage people to go to the Schiller Institute website and look at that. So if people can get up to the heights and get a view from the top, what you see is a desperate collapse of a bunch of craven, immoral predators. And they need a push. And maybe the push comes from Russia and China. Maybe it comes from Canadian truckers. Maybe it comes from the American people. But we've got to have a program, a strategy, and know who the enemy is and how they play the game. V, if I could real quick just ask yeah, Carly, I'm, I'm interested in your perspectives that, you know, from a, from a standpoint in terms of what Russia put out, their, their actual written text of to, you know, what their requests were, where the, the guideline for step one was that Ukraine was not allowed to join NATO. And the United States is pretty much for this said, you know what, that's, that's a no-go from a, I don't understand why all these conversations with Macron and, and Germany are even taking place when the U.S. and NATO are not willing to even, you know, that step one of, of saying, hey, you know what, Ukraine will not join NATO. And there's some talk of a new uh, treaty, some type of thing. How can you do that whenever the United States and NATO have not even honored the original Minsk agreement back to then? What would a new treaty even serve its purpose if no one's going to honor them? Well, the, the problem with Minsk is the Ukrainians signed it and then never implemented it. And the Germans and the French let them get away with it. That's one of the points Putin is making. I mean, Putin is essentially saying, you never live up to your promises, but we want written security guarantees. But then Putin said, I think it was Lavrov actually said this, these are not written security guarantees for Russia. They're for the whole world. We've got to stop playing these games. These are dangerous games. Now, you mentioned the, the uh, Minsk protocol and, and, and so on. Uh, you know, the, the, the most dangerous situation is that you now have British special forces working with the Ukrainian irregular forces, who are really the Azov Battalion, the, the neo-Nazi brigades, who are spoiling for a fight. The Russians don't have to make up a, a phony video with crisis actors. These people already exist. They're, they're itching to go. They're not controlled very well by the Ukrainian government. And you know, this is what the Russians are worried about. What if these guys get in there with NATO weapons and start slaughtering the population in the Donbass? Do, do you so, have any ideas or thoughts of what Macron or Germany would even try to broker a deal with, with Putin to resolve this, though? What would, what would be the basis if there's a no-go on the first starting point regarding NATO and Ukraine? Well, I, I think what Macron and Schultz and others are saying, rather than breaking up NATO, is they're saying, look, everyone knows Ukraine would not qualify for NATO membership by its existing standards for 10 or 20 years. Ukraine is essentially a mafia operation of oligarchs. Uh, the idea that there's democracy there is a joke. Uh, also, NATO doesn't allow countries to join, supposedly, that have internal conflicts. So there, this is how Biden is trying, or, or let's just say how slick lawyers around Biden are trying to mollify Russia by saying, well, look, it's not going to happen for a while. That's not going to mollify the Russians because they know the intent is to bring Ukraine in on the Russian border as a battleground for launching attacks on Russia. So Macron can try to negotiate as much as he wants, unless he's willing to take on the corruption of the NATO establishment 
which I don't think he's going to do, or Schultz would do that. Together they could, but if they don't, that's not going to work. The question then is, what happens if the Russians do go in? Because the Russians may end up going in, not because they intend to, but to stop a massacre. And if they do go in, they'll overrun at least that area very, very quickly, crush the Ukrainian military, and NATO can't do anything about it. Now, here's one other interesting thing. Just keep in the back of your mind. What is Boris Johnson doing? When he was in Kiev, he signed an agreement of Poland, Ukraine, and, and the United Kingdom. He also was involved in this AUKUS agreement, Australia, UK, US. Johnson is trying to use Brexit to position the British at the center of a new military alliance <laughs> outside of Europe yeah. and use that to then get some kind of free trade deal with the United States. I don't think it can work because the, the British, in order to flex their muscles, have to come and, and borrow U.S. muscles. Yeah. So they don't have that power. But what they do have is two centuries of imperial manipulation of psychological warfare techniques, of brainwashing, of access to the media to push their narratives. And that's where they're so dangerous and, and they're, they're actually quite clever. But if you see what they're doing, you know, Boris Johnson, you know, what's under his hair? He, he's a brainless opportunist. With a you sex know, here, here's the, uh, here's, the uh, here's the other aspect to this whole entire thing, Harley. Yeah. Macron and has a, a a a serious itch to scratch because the French were subbed they, they were absolutely snubbed by the whole entire AUKUS agreement right that's right that whole submarine deal so now we're looking at a Franco-German Russian alternative that is starting to form and is already being talked about as an AUKUS uh, as an AUKUS counter <laughs> so this is this is so. This is a, a an interesting thing that is occurring here, because we all both know. Look, Schwarzenberg, the idiot of NATO. What's going to happen to him? He's failing forward. His next job post is going to be the new uh, head of the ECB. He's going to be replacing Lagarde. That's what. He, that's the. That's his next job. His next stopover. Because that's what you do in the West. You fail up. <laughs> so. We know NATO's oh, not he's going to be getting a big mess on his hands from Lagarde if he actually oh. does it. <laughs> but he's, he's, but the, he's add to what you're saying. Yeah. The other thing the French are doing, somewhat quietly, is they're continuing their relationships with China. And yeah. you can't leave China out of this. Not Ooh. just because of the Russian operation, Correct. but the Chinese are now involved in, in arrangements that include Hungary and, and uh, Serbia, building a high-speed rail system there. They're in Greece, big time. Uh, the, if Draghi weren't such a, a, a uh, Brit, the Italians could have enormous amount of investment from China, including getting the Messina Bridge uh, that they've been looking for for a long time. Yep. So the Chinese are holding a lot of cards. The cards the Russians have is, as I said, they have no debt and they have hypersonic missiles. And their science, their military is based on scientific advances. Correct. Well, ours has been based on the idea that we don't need science to beat up Iraq, uh, <laughs> Afghanistan, and Syria. 
And meanwhile, we, we can't even beat up Afghanistan. <laughs> no, we can't. And we make airplanes uh, that, uh, that fall into the ocean and aircraft carriers that can't launch or receive planes. It's, a, it's wonderful. <laughs> What, well, what other, I think, what, but I think you're right. If you listen to what's coming out of France, my, my associate there, Jacques Cheminard, yeah. is working with uh, one of the candidates. But you have a growing group of parties that call themselves sovereigntists. Mm. And they're not the Steve Bannon style sovereigntists, which is basically a, it's a fake sovereignty. Swab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're actually people who take their lead from de Gaulle, who said, we don't need right. a European Union. We need a Europe uh, of the fatherlands, sure. of the nations in a federation, but not giving up their own power over their sovereignty. And this is emerging as a big counter. Le Pen is, is being pushed aside a little bit by the sovereignty parties. The Yellow Vests are part of this, the French truckers. Um, and, and now we're seeing the same thing in Germany. Uh, farmers... Yeah parading through the um, Brandenburg tour in their tractors. And what, oh, are yeah. they, what are they opposing? The European Union's ban on pesticides and the high cost of fertilizer because of the idiotic Green New Deal. Yep. So, you know, I, I think that the next months are going to be incredibly interesting and, and enjoyable if you're up on the mountaintop. If you're down in the valley trying to uh, find a way to, to balance your checkbook and, and survive, it's not going to be much fun. But if you really get a sense of, of how strategic policy can be made by the people, this is the time. This is yeah. the time. Well, Absolutely. Harley, it, it's obvious that Russia is going to use energy as a, as a weapon, right? Like, you know, it's obvious they're going to because this year in particular is the, the largest amount of imports of diesel in the last three years that the United States has had from Russia. <laughs> yeah. and not only that, not only that, Harley, but you know, that, you know, they, they refuse to complete Nord Stream 2 to deliver energy to the EU. You know, all those things are, are important to keep in the factor. I don't, I don't think it's Russia that's preventing the delivery of energy. I think it's no, Russia is Russia doesn't violate its contract as they've been <laughs> right. saying it, it's the EU. And, you know, the idea that somehow you're going to punish Russia by having people freeze in the dark in Germany escapes me as a strategy. It shows you how idiotic people like Blinken are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, the other thing about Russia and diesel, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see U.S. companies buying it and then selling it to Asia at a markup. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's going to be an arbitrage play there, no doubt. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way they do it. Unreal. Unreal. Harley, what else is on your radar? Well, I, I would urge people, if you're not already doing so, come to, to my blog page every day. I do a 10 to 12 minute video update. I try to keep it succinct and focused on the leading developments. Uh, there are a couple of very interesting things coming up. I guess I can announce this now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will be moderating a, an event on Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern time which is a Schiller Institute Russian International Affairs Council discussion of Afghanistan. Sure. Now, REOC, the Russian International Affairs Council, uh, the honorary chairman of that is Lavrov. Mm. So you can, if you want to get a sense of what Russians are talking about when they talk about Afghanistan, go to the SchillerInstitute.com Thursday morning and you'll see. Excellent. Excellent. That's going to be fantastic. 
Yeah, and, and folks, again, you can go visit Harley over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, TheLaRoucheOrganization.com, and as well as the TheSchillerInstitute.com, the Institute.com. The links will be in the, uh, in the description box. And also make sure you sign up when they have these uh, online symposiums. It is very vital, very important for you to join in with that. Uh, it's going to give you the lay of the land, the entire spectrum of all things geopolitical, geoeconomic, geostrategic. Harley, anything else you'd like to add? No, it's just nice, nice to see Velas. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, lots of things going on. And uh, you want when, when do you want to come back on? You want to come back on uh, Friday, or you want to do next Friday? What do you want to do? Let, let me see about Friday because uh, I, actually, I probably can do it Friday because we okay. I have a couple things earlier in the day. But uh, I like to try and keep keep the hangings going on Friday. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we are over now. Make sure you check out roguenews.com as well as uh, our new live streams that are pretty much all over the entire spectrum of the Internet. So you can just follow us wherever you, we, wherever you are. That's where we are. So with that being said, we're over and out.